Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Eat Sleep Podcast Repeat. I am Dave Taylor, and thanks for joining us this week. I don't think I've ever been able to say this in an episode before, but we have a bona fide rock star on this week's episode. And uh, coming up in just a moment, a, uh, a lady who does uh, has some amazing wrestling. Uh, Coming up as a, as a lady who has amazing wrestling connections. She was a former wrestler herself. She makes outfits for wrestlers. She is the lady behind Braun Strowman's outfit or the Fiend Bray Wyatt's outfit, Randy Orton, and many other. She's going to talk about how she got involved in doing that and what she makes and the whole process of that. That's coming up in just a moment. Oh, and also she was a member of Gore. At one time, she's going to discuss that too. Uh, quite an interesting character that she did in Gore. Very cool. Coming up in uh, just a moment here. Uh, first, a uh, couple things uh, get out of the way is uh, thanks for listening to us either on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, or uh, you might be listening to us on FM99.com or 106.9thefox.com or 1069thefox.com. As we are FM99s and 106.9thefox's only wrestling podcast and you can find us on facebook and twitter at espr 99 and we got some stories we always share so always appreciate your feedback and you can always email us espr at fm 99 so again my name is dave taylor and thanks for hanging out with us and before we get to the interview a little bit of a quick look at some news Cody Rhodes uh, taking a little bit of heat this week. Um, why? I, I don't know if it was necessary, but uh, with the uh, letting go by the WWE of uh, Heath Slater and Zack Ryder, Cody was asked if he would hire both of them. And uh, Cody said, uh, not at this time. And people kind of like took heat of, uh, especially Cody's comment about, well, you know, Zack is my best friend in wrestling, but, you know, business and all that stuff. And, People were getting on Cody for that. Uh, I, I don't think right now wrestling's at a time where you could really hire wrestlers, especially new talent, if you don't really have a steady income coming in. I mean, that's why WWE's made the cuts because you know they don't have any events right now, and you know their next pay per view is you know half of it's taking place in a building. It's bizarre that is. So um, you know I'll, I'll be with Cody on this one. Now maybe over time, you know, when things get back. You know, but then he's, you know, it's like, it's always two sided because it's like, well, why don't you hire him? Then the other side is, uh, you know, is he going to bring in all former WWE guys? Is that how this is going to be? So we'll, we'll see what happens down the, uh, down the road. By the way, he did say in the QA in a different question if he ever would be fighting for the AEW championship again. And he said that he is giving his word and he's never going to be in an AEW championship match again. Which, if he could do that, would be great. Because how many times in other leagues and federations have we seen somebody, you know, okay, you'll never get this title shot again, and two months later, well, they get a title shot. So, how quickly some forget. Uh, Cody also saying that uh, you would never, we see hopes, that they will never do a story-driven authority figure on television. He says the audience isn't dumb. They know who management is. Authority elements seem assaulting in this era. It's just my opinion as there's a lot of ways, uh, fun ways to do that and I respect those. But uh, yeah, I mean, you, you basically know who, who runs the business. 
nowadays. Uh, WWE, a couple more cuts. Uh, Gerald Briscoe is gone, although his role has basically been more diminished uh, as of late. And Kane Velasquez, remember they brought him in for like that one match against Brock Lesnar and nobody cared. And uh, Curtis Axel, the son of Mr. Perfect. He has uh, been released as well. Curtis, you know, it was a shame because he was like, you know, he had the NXT thing for a little bit. But then, like, you know, came as Curtis Axel and, you know, was a Heyman guy briefly. And, uh, you know, they tried. But uh, he just never connected to his audience for whatever the reason was. And Curtis is now gone. In other news... And it seems that uh, something can be changing with Roman Reigns and Becky Lynch in regards to how much they wrestle. Because, uh, well, apparently they might be going to the movies. Uh, Roman was in that movie with The Rock as of late. And there's talk that he might be in some other movies. Becky Lynch, she's about to appear in Billionaires this weekend. And according to Chris Tapley, who does a Netflix podcast, he says Becky will be in an upcoming Marvel movie. He did not say which one. But, uh, yeah, Becky's going to be in an upcoming Marvel movie. And not only that, but uh, she did an interview with TMZ Sports saying she's, she's been mentored by The Rock and John Cena. So could we be seeing part-time Becky Lynch? You know, she's never been one to uh, complain about part-timers and everything. She just, you know, went about her business. I mean, she complained about people in different ways. So we'll see. Maybe the next step for Becky Lynch is uh, to become a movie star. So we we shall see what happens with that down the road. But uh, she's taking acting classes, and uh, this weekend we'll be appearing in the TV show Billionaires, making a cameo. And they've been hyping the heck out of that. So good for Becky. Not going to get into Raw and Dynamite Smackdown this week. Uh, Raw and Smackdown have uh, stopped showing vintage matches, so they they stopped digging into the vault. I mean, they did show some specials because they had a finish the Hardy special and SmackDown because they've been doing that. But uh, so it's, that's going to be a little bit different now. But uh, but uh, they stopped uh, you know pulling out the classics, which I was kind of wondering because what was going on until I read into it because you think oh they're going to show some like Money in the Bank matches from the past and well they haven't done that. So because you figure oh maybe they show you know Carmelo's win or maybe Daniel Bryan's win or Randy Orton's win, but uh, they have not uh, done that. At all. All right, without further ado, let's get to the interview with Kim Dilla, rock star, and also the the lady behind the outfits, the wardrobe of many, uh, not just uh, WWE superstars, but AEW stars, Chris Jericho as well. Let's uh, find out her story right now. Well, all right, so we're, we're on the phone with, uh, I guess, a, a rock legend of sorts and a wrestling legend of sorts because of your connections to the business, Kim Dilla. Hey there. <laughs> you you have many connections, um, I, I guess, with music. I mean, if you want to give people like, some of the background, because they, they're probably familiar with you, but they don't realize, like, that is you. Like, you were once a member of GWAR. And yeah, I was a uh, Volvatron from Guar. I've been in metal bands for 20 years. Guar is the most famous band that I was in when I uh, had giant monster boobs uh, <laughs> <laughs> and sang with them in the wake of Rocky's passing. Um, 
I played with Kung Fu Dykes out of Virginia Beach. Before that, we played barbecue and things, and Rocky and I were good friends, which is how I got that gig. And then um, I play in a bunch of other bands right now. I'm jamming with Creocon from Ireland. We played on the 70,000 Tons of Metal Cruise. They're one of the originators of folk metal. And um, I have several new bands that I'm working with, one called The Burned Over, and I'm doing, like, session work for a friend's band. So I'm, you know, still playing music. <laughs> and, and the one thing that you do with music, not just, like, on the stage or in the studio, but you make a lot of outfits as well. And I kind of, like, saw some of the lists of... Uh, you know, like was like a King Diamond and and the creator and Nita Strauss, who was worked with Alice Cooper. So you've done outfits for these guys and, and gals. Yeah. So um, Killer Custom Rockwear is my company, and we've been making um, stage clothes for a metal band for the last ten years. Um, we make clothes for everybody from Machine Head to King Diamond and lots of members of super famous bands, and then we also work with, you know, local bands and individuals and fans as well. I try not to discriminate based on fame, but it's been an honor to be able to create stage looks and wardrobes and costumes for some bands that are favorite bands of mine for years, so... And, and I saw of of Journey. You, you've done his. Yeah, yeah. He, um, we made him a jacket and a pair of pants, and that was really cool. He's super sweet too. Um, I came out to a Journey show, and he we get to meet, and he loves the jacket. I got cool pictures with it. He's he's a sweetheart and really talented. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is. Uh, yeah, we've had a uh, Nina Strauss on her show in the past. Uh, I, I do. I am curious about this because you you get that connection, but then on the other side, you you do stuff for wrestlers. But your wrestling background is like it goes pretty far back before you're doing outfits. If I'm if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I was an indie wrestler. I don't know, ten years ago with Richmond Lucha Libre and Ground Zero Wrestling in Richmond, Virginia. That we like. Um, it was very fun. I had a, a lot of fun being a wrestler, but I was never very good or talented at it. <laughs> But um, I started making some wrestling gear for some of the guys in my fed because I did the band closing, and they sort of asked me, hey, can you make some tights? I had no idea how to sew spandex, so, like, the first couple pairs of tights I made were uh, shot in the dark and trying to wrestle with stretchy fabric and bright colors. <laughs> but I eventually got the right machines, and um, then Bray Wyatt, from WWE called me, actually was on tour with Guar and wanted me to make a vest for him. I think that was sort of the first person in WWE that started wearing our sort of post-apocalyptic style. And then it sort of set a trend in WWE, like a lot of people started wearing that style and we started dressing more and more as the WWE wrestlers. And then a lot of people in WWE kind of had their existing gear makers emulate our style, which I think is a huge compliment. <laughs> and um, that was the start of that. And now 50% of the stuff we do is wrestling and 50% is metal and rock, which is pretty cool. <laughs> wow, that, that is pretty cool. And to start off with like Bray Wyatt, who is a huge name in the, in the, in the business, even at that time, because he was uh, you know, this, this crazy entity that, you know, that we were just tapping into at the time. Um, 
did you when you started making these outfits and stuff like was it more like did you see them when did you see them like on television or was it like more for house shows or when when did you start seeing it going oh wow like like they're wearing my stuff yeah i mean i kind of started from the top of this it's not really something i aspired to do it was not like i want to be a clothing designer and get my stuff on wwe it's just um my friend like even with the rest of the rock stuff uh the first person to wear my jacket was joey jordison from slipknot and then rob flynn from machine head and i still had a real job at that time and then bray called about the vest and all of a sudden i'm seeing pictures of my stuff on tv and the bands that are patches on his desk started you know <laughs> hitting me up about that and it's pretty cool uh to see your work and things that you made with your own two hands like displayed on that scale and i feel honored but at the same time, I've been working in that world for a long time. So I think the only band I would really, like, mark out for wearing my stuff would be Iron Maiden. <laughs> 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 and for wrestling, I don't know. You know, like, WWE, I got to go to WrestleMania the year that Bray and Randy Orton had um, one of the championship matches. And to see, I guess that entire match to the see my designs and creation in person on a stage that big at WrestleMania, that was kind of a markout moment. <laughs> that is pretty cool. And Randy Orton doesn't wear much. I mean, he's usually just a... Well, he's just, he has a jacket when it comes to the ring. I need pants for big men, though. I did have to do a Randy trunk fitting. <laughs> he's a sweetheart, and he was really fun to work with, but working with him is like working with the person that's been wearing the same pair of Levi's jeans for 20 years. <laughs> and like, even if you bought the brand new pair of Levi's jeans from the store and like put them on, they were the same jeans. Like they wouldn't feel like your pair that you've been wearing for 20 years. So Randy's just very comfortable with, you know, his trunks that he's had and his city thing and, I think it was stepping out of his comfort zone to do something a bit wilder. <laughs> <laughs> who 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 shocked you? I, I guess from anybody that's you met that like says like, oh, I want to do this, and you're like, like maybe like more surprised you because like maybe you didn't think the style fit their personality, maybe or maybe didn't initially fit their character, but then once you did it, you see like, or you know, it it, it all comes together. But is there anybody that really surprised you with some crazy idea? Oh man, that's a good question and I just have to think about it for a minute. I think um, when people that don't normally wear trunks or tights switch from like the jeans kind of look to wearing trunks or tights like we did just I just went out to um, one of the TV tapings right before the pandemic hit to do a fitting on Eric Rowan who unfortunately got released but he's got lots of exciting stuff going on so he'll be fine. <laughs> but um he was like, make me some tights. I think I want to wear tights. He just never worn anything but baggy jeans because he's just a giant. And um, we tried tights on, and then he kind of decided, nope, tights aren't for me, <laughs> which I expected. But I, I can't imagine that guy like, in tights. Right? Yeah, I can't either. But, you know, he put it on. We had a good laugh about it. <laughs> but that's as far as it went. I don't know. Um, WWE's tried to get me to do some crazy stuff with Bray. He and I usually just talk about his designs and his character. Like when he came up with the Fiend gimmick, um, we were talking about that look and going back and forth with pictures for a long time. And um, that was hard to like keep secret. And he was working with his mask designer as well because I don't do the masks. 
And I was really happy with that result. But they tried to get me to do some crazy stuff with him. Like one time <laughs> they wanted me to make like a Sister Abigail dress or something that didn't go over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. When the fiend was that's... when the fiend was coming together, like what was like because obviously you can't like at the time say, well, this is what they're going to do. But like when he was telling you the idea, like, you know, I mean, what, what were you like? What, what was the vision that they were telling you? Like what this character was going to be? Well, I mean, he kind of has that concept anyway, but it was just more solidifying it visually and getting away from the sort of post apocalyptic look we've been doing for him because everyone's kind of doing that now. So it was like, okay, we need to clean lines but it still has to be like, evil and disturbed. So we basically just went through a bunch of pictures of things that he'd found on the Internet that he likes, like steampunk-looking stuff or things from the Matrix. Or, you know, I don't know. It was influences all over and came up with some sketches and those red striped pants, which was impossible to find red striped spandex, so I had to get that custom printed. <laughs> well, um... I don't know. Certain design processes, when you're coming up with an entirety, entirely new look for someone that's had another look, I find it's hard to break my thinking of like what that person has already done. So starting with this fresh creative palette of outside influences, I think is a good, good way to do that. <laughs> How many um, like revisions you have to go through? I mean, is it a lot of drawing back and forth before before you make something? Is it, you know, I mean, are you drawing this out or is Bray or, or somebody else drawing, like, this is what I'm thinking? Like, like take me from, like, I guess... I the, hate doing things that way. And usually the timeline on especially WWE stuff is, like, frantic two weeks. Like, I need this tomorrow in Germany or whatever. Oh, my gosh. So I don't have months to sit there and make sketches. Usually we just have a phone conversation and send a few images back and forth of, like, stuff that's found on, you know, Pinterest or something that they like. And then normally I'll just make something, but sometimes I send a sketch. And then any adjustments I do are usually, like, fit tailoring. So... You know, hey, can you bring this tail up or bring it in at the waist? Or I gained on my biceps or I lost on my thighs or (laughs) things like that. Because bodybuilders and wrestlers, certainly their bodies are constantly changing. So usually it's a frantic design all night sewing to make something after we have a phone conversation deal. And then, oh, crap, I lost weight or, oh, I gained weight or, oh, I bulked up. You know, (laughs) can you adjust this? Yeah, how many? I, I know I seen you at the uh, I think it was a SmackDown show about a year or so ago. How many? How many shows are you going to a year? Because I know I know you're on the road quite a bit, um, you know, either with bands or uh, like you've done the cruises or, or some of the other things. But how many shows are you able to make a year? So for my bands, I usually try to go to the giant festivals in Europe because it's actually a lot more time efficient than me driving in circles around to like Baltimore and Charlotte and Washington D.C. I'm in Charlottesville, so it's like sit in traffic for three or four hours to go to one show or to see everybody at Bakken or something. Yeah. Um, but for WWE, I usually go, I would say, like, four or five times a year when they come to Baltimore or D.C. or Norfolk. When TV shows come around, I'll go out. And, I mean, I only actually made it to Mania once because, you don't have comps. It's actually really expensive to go down there, and everyone's just stressed out and 
one time I went, but it was like paying fifteen hundred dollars for a quote vacation that I like work eighteen hours in my really expensive hotel room. So I'm not really <laughs> sure that even though that's like definitely the coolest wrestling show to go to live, that for someone who's working as much as I do, it's a great trade off. Yeah. But I like to go to the shows because that's like the reward of all the work is to see live your stuff in front of that audience. And as a performer, that's my reward is like the audience reaction, the people reaction. And when even if I'm not playing a show or wrestling in a show, going to my client's show and seeing them on that stage and watching the crowd, it feels like, you know, I'm a part of that, which is as a performer satisfying to me. I can't imagine doing this and then never going to the shows to see your work in action or meet your clients. So I do think it was two years of working with, with Bray before I finally met him in person just because I was touring and he was touring and the schedules never lined up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's where, cause he's got like such a, you know, interesting family background because of his dad, you know, being Mike Rotunda and then his uh, brother, uh, Bo Dallas and stuff. And it's just amazing how all three of them, their personalities, at least on screen, are, can be any more further apart than the other. <laughs> Yeah, I met his dad. Uh, he's always backstage at the TV stuff. And, and actually, the first time I went to the to the TV show to meet uh, Bray, I met Chris Jericho that time. <laughs> so, and I'm still working with with Chris, which is really fun to do things for both WWE and AEW right now. And they have like different styles and different visions. And then I cross over with the metal thing. I made Chris's clothes for Fozzy. Too, so that's fun because I saw him at Vakin this year, and I'm like, who is in the world? <laughs> Wait, are, are you responsible for the jacket with lights? Is that you? Uh, no, um, I forget the name of that guy who made that. I don't do the electronics in the okay. year, but <laughs> that jacket was really cool. We did the leather one with lots of metal spikes on it that you were recently, and a bunch of basically, if it looks like a metal band thing that he wears, that's what I make. <laughs> <laughs> How, how long is it normally? a metal scarf in the era of, you know, the scarf thing. No, oh, he loves the scarves. <laughs> yeah. How, how long does it take to, to produce something? I know you mentioned, like, you get a phone call and you got to produce it, like, you know, the next day. But, like, is your normal deadline, like, you know, a day or two? Or does somebody say, hey, I need this in a week or so? Or So I try to, for my sanity, book two to three months in advance. I'm like, if I custom order, certainly you can get a band order. And if someone, anyone wants places an order on our site it's two to three months in advance but um wwe doesn't really work that way because they're writers they you know they don't plan that far in advance what what the storylines are going to be so people will call me frantic like hey i need this whole new character idea in like next week and i mean my life is held to try to pull that off because that's to find the fabrics locally because i don't have time to ship them like pattern it, stay up all night, so something, you know, and I'm, as a touring musician, I'm pretty good at sleep deprivation performance, so that's been a skill that's, <laughs> but it's for, you, know, you have to know about overnight shipping, you have to pull on hours, it's not a nine to five thing, and what I tried to do is stop accepting as many random, arbitrary rush deadlines, like people would say, hey, I have this show, you know, like in two weeks, can you take this order, I'd be like, okay, pay a rush fee, and I'll do that. Yeah. But then the problem is if I have, like, every week some sort of deadline like that, I have no flexibility to take the WWE craziness. So um, I sort of am a little bit more selective with what 
brush deadlines I accept from who now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's made my life a little bit less stressful, but it's still pretty stressful. <laughs> oh, sounds like it would be. How... Um... I always, I always wonder because when it comes to like rights and merchandise and stuff, your outfits have been immortalized on uh, WWE action figures. Are, are do you do you see any part of that, or is it just more of like it's on there and it is what it is? I mean, so that, I mean that's an honor, but like nowhere in the clothing world do does anyone like license garments to someone you know like you purchase a pair of levi's jeans again to use that example and you can wear them in the terminator movie and you don't have to pay levi's like a royalty you purchase the jeans you know yeah i can purchase uh ramon's t-shirt that's licensed and cut that t-shirt up and make a patch out of it and it's not like you know i have to pay them for the patch too and similarly i can they purchase the garment from me so they can wear it on TV. You don't have to pay me, you know, royalties for wearing that. The cost for me is the cost of the garment. When there's a couple of the action figures that even have my little logo on it and stuff in the clothes, which is awesome. Oh, wow. And I have a collection of all the action figures that have our gear on there in the studio, and that's super cool. But, yeah, a lot of people are like, do they have to pay me for the right stuff? I'm like, it's not how our industry works. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if they were, I would feel like it would be the reverse. Like, I'm paying them to, like, exposure my clothes, because that's the word. But, you know, people people that have infinite money, <laughs> like WWE, are usually the type of people that would be like, hey, uh, pay us $3,000 and we'll put your logo on our action figures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so who, what action figures What action figures are you on? Which ones have you, uh, have you, have you made it onto? Do you know offhand? Uh, lots of them. I mean, anyone we dress. So let's see, we've got years of Bray Wyatt figures, Braun Strowman. He's been wearing the same pair of jeans I made him for like five years. I really shot myself in the foot with the quality on those because they never break. And sometimes I'm like, hey, can I just touch those up for you? They're looking a little worse for the wear. And he's like, oh, they're lucky. I'm like, okay. <laughs> at, this, at this point, I was like, I'd give you another pair for free. Uh, the Jericho action figures. We do some of the women like Ruby Riot and um, Tamina, Sonia Deville, Mandy Rose. Her new action figure has one of our jackets on it. Oh wow! Um, let's see, Randy Orton. There's the WrestleMania figure of him that we did. Um, I'm not in my studio right now, so that's all right. This, it's more than a shelf now. I had to start like it's, they're just all over the wall. Do you uh, do you um? Since like the changes have been going on, have you been staying in touch with any any of the guys since um, you know the big release from a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, Rowan, Eric Rowan, and I are actual real life good friends, so we talk a lot. I, I love his metal shirt collection, by the way. I love that because every time he wrestled, it was always like a different shirt. And I'm like, who's he repping this week? Yeah. <laughs> we have kind of an exchange going on with that because I know and work with all those fans that he likes. And I'm like, hey, if you ever want to go to a show, like just let me know, put you on the list. And then they're always stoked to meet him or if they want to go to a wrestling show, they'll hook up the, the bands. But a lot of them are like my friend's bands that sent shirts and put them on the list and stuff. So I'm always kind of marking out when I see his metal shirts. <laughs> <laughs> but who, how is like, like the ones that you've talked to, and you mentioned like Roan, but like, is there anybody else? And you don't have to give names because I don't want to, you know, put anybody in the spot, but like, what is their, um, 
like you know feeling right now? I mean, because obviously it's you know it sucks with COVID and everybody's dealing with that. But are, are like, what's how are they feeling? Do you know? I mean, I think getting released from WWE is super emotional and super kind of life crushing, you know. But um, everyone that I've talked to seems to be focused on like the future and options and coming up with new things. And I think that release was public enough that maybe a lot of people reached out with new opportunities and to lift them up. So it's a time of change and processing for everyone. But, I mean, the people I've talked to seem to have a lot of opportunities coming their way. So hopefully they'll focus on that and not negative things. That's good, yeah. Are you, are you – how much of a – wrestling fan are you like i know you wrestled like 10 years ago but do you keep up with it or uh, like are you you know are you, are you like did I you want to say i'm not a fan because it's like i enjoy watching wrestling i enjoy going to wrestling shows like i know what i'm watching when i watch wrestling as a wrestler but i'm not like a mark you know i guess i yeah sort, sort of like with going to metal shows like i'm a metal fan there are bands that i'm like a fan of but I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, I loved your new album. It's amazing. Would you find my boobs? You know what I'm <laughs> but, I mean, now, have you seen the industry change over the last couple of years? Because now, like, the women are more predominantly featured and stuff. I like that a lot. As a woman wrestler, I love uh, – it was sort of like the diva era of things when I was wrestling, and I drew a lot of inspiration from Japanese women's wrestling just because it was – badass and hardcore and less about, you know, breast implants and things. Yeah, it, it was more <laughs> serious. It was it was more, you yeah. know, uh, wrestling as opposed to, okay, you get they get two minutes and, you know, somebody's going to get thrown into a, a pool of jello or something, you know. Yeah, I'm really happy to see that change, and I think it's been needed for a, a long time. And um, all of the women that I work with in wrestling seem to be supportive and awesome and down to earth and, you know. Well, you know, and I, I wonder that because you, you've been at, at some shows and, you know, when because I mean, and Charlotte's, you know, the big, you know, for the, like was seemed the one that was going to be the big one. And it's still obviously still up there. But then you got like Becky Lynch and you're like, uh, you know, who and I always wondered, like, Becky is great. And I love her angle right now. And I'm happy for her. She deserves it. <laughs> She's cool. I, I mean, because I never would have thought like. I mean, I, I mean, anybody can imagine a woman will be a top star in the business just at any time, and it's great, you know, to see that. That's you know, and she's been able to do that for such a long time. But uh, you know, like five years ago, I don't think anybody would have pictured that. They were like, okay, cool. You know, now they're better wrestlers, and then now it's like, you know, now she's a, you know top merch seller. It's crazy. I think it had a lot to do. With, I mean, I don't know anything about the writers or how WWE works things or. It had a lot to do with, I think, the women that they were choosing to push. And I started to see a market change in, like, who they chose to do that. And I think it's positive for women as wrestling fans, too, to suddenly going to the show to see. Yeah. I mean, it's not a male... It's it's a male-dominated sport. <laughs> Entertainment sport. Uh, but... You know, there's there's a, there's no lack of women in the crowds and no lack of women wrestling fans. So I think to see ladies that aren't essentially fitness models up there, yeah, yeah, that was important. And and I found that with Volvatron too, like sort of a lot of women really were happy to see a girl 
singing in the band and not just being like a backup dancer. And girls need that role model that can be a monster or a badass warrior and not just the pretty princess. I think you're right with that because, you know, there's a lot because it, it is a male-dominated sport. I mean, when you did it, you know, almost 10 years ago and you wrestled, I mean, you, know, you probably had a hard time maybe even finding, you know, female opponents or it was always going to be the same one that was in that town. Or Yeah, I was the only girl in the Fed and there were no females to wrestle me. So they basically had me ballet for like the heels to where like it would be okay if someone like body slammed me <laughs> at some point. You know? Wow. Oh man, so that is how how can um what's the best way if um and I'm not like give you random emails here but like what is the best way like if somebody's in the music industry or like you know we do have like uh, some other wrestlers that do listen to the show uh, like who are interested in gear like how do they find you online and um you know if they're interested yeah I mean we take orders from everybody if you're an indie wrestler if you're a wrestling fan if you're a local band. Um, just go to KillaCustomRockwear.com. It's K-Y-L-L-A, Killa, spelled like Kyla, which everyone thinks that's my name, but it's not. KillaCustomRockwear.com. And there's like a custom shop. You can see all the prices. We have like T-shirts and ready-to-wear things. And right now we're actually doing the sort of charity initiative project for the pandemic. And I'm, I've been making um, masks for healthcare workers. So that's um, that's great. We, we've been making masks. People can buy masks for the general public, and it helps us fund making free ones for the first responders and healthcare workers need. So that's a fun thing we have on the site right now. Oh, that's awesome that you're doing that. It's well, felt good. It's like a good way to give back to the community and give us something to do while there aren't as many tours and shows. So. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I got. I know it's unfortunate, but I, I, I just got a you know feeling it's. It's going to be a while, but hopefully, you know, yeah. the, and I know when it does come back, there's going to be some changes and, you know, people just need to be patient and hopefully that's, uh, uh, you know, we can get back to a rock cruise or a, uh, you know, festival and all that. Yeah, it'll come back. It's temporary. I think everyone's wrestling with the uncertainty of like how temporary I know I am because I'm in an international relationship and stuck away from my boyfriend. So I'm like, well, do I have to not see him for months or a year? <laughs> well, thankfully with technology, you know, you guys can, uh, you know, it's a lot different than, you know, back in the day. Let me just send you a letter and hopefully it gets there in two weeks. So, <laughs> My dearest Nina, the trouble in the Carpathians has been rough, you know, kind of thing. Uh, Kim, uh, much better to have video chat. Yes, it, it is nice to have that. Kim, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to uh, to, to talk today and Thanks for having me. She was great. Can't thank her enough for being on the show. All right, don't forget, uh, you know, if you listen to us on TuneIn, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, you know, give us a like. Give us, uh, if you want to share a podcast, that would be great. Five-star review is always wonderful. Uh, of course, on Facebook and Twitter at ESPR99. You can always email us, ESPR at fm 99 Com. Next week, we'll preview Money in the Bank. That's going to be one of the most bizarre things ever. That's uh, coming up in the next episode. And as always, thanks for listening and make sure you eat, sleep, podcast, and you repeat. <laughs>